What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Mitch. Uh, and I'm Boozy. And today we are discussing Excision from 2012, which was written and directed by Richard Bates Jr. Uh, but before we get things rolling here, we'd like to share a few words from this week's sponsors. Uh, so the first one is from Direct West. Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of a headline for a billboard, or making sure your website is in good shape? That's where Direct West comes in. You can get local expert marketing help from for your business at directwest.com. Yeah. And is your is your window open? Yeah. Can you hear that bird? It's good now. It's like as soon as I mention it, the fucking bird shut up. Oh, no, I was listening to you. Shit, did I ruin that? No, no, it's all good. Oh, is, that, is uh, it the crow? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll close my window. I didn't, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, sure. Cheryl, Cheryl fucking crow. Cheryl Crow out here. This old bitch. God damn, I'm trying to steal your weed. <laughs> Yeah, Boozy, do you want to tell our listeners about our other sponsor this week? Yeah, our other sponsor for the week is Fright Rags. You can save 10% off at checkout when you use the promo code TerrorTable10. They got a new line of The Thing merch, Shaun of the Dead, Last Drive-In, and new merch from the Creep TV series, Creep Show TV series, which has two episodes out right now on Shudder. Yeah, absolutely. Well, two, two episodes of season two. Yeah. Um, I still haven't checked those out. Have you watched any of those yet? No, I haven't checked out season two. I like, uh, I really liked having that access of just watching it all at one time because I was on vacation yeah. when I watched it. So I kind of want to wait till maybe a better opportunity and I can just binge it. You're a madman binge watching <laughs> Creep Show. <laughs> that's that's one of the only shows I actually like have an interest in binge watching. There's not a lot of shows that I can do that with. Yeah, it's boozy shit. You like you like the <laughs> anthology horror stuff. Yeah, like that that and Mindhunter. I can like cancel plans for. It's too bad that we have had our plans canceled of Mindhunter Season 3. God, rest yeah. in peace. All right, well, with that all out of the way, let's talk about horror. Uh, so, Boozy, it's been, I think, a week since I talked to you. I talked to you on Inside the Sequel last week where we talked about Godzilla 1998. Yeah, our, our last episode that we recorded uh, for the Terror Table was with... David Hopkins from Area International and Chris Hurtado from Inside the Sequel. I had them on to discuss Godzilla vs. Kong. Have you seen Godzilla vs. Kong yet? I have little to no interest. Really? I really I, yeah, I'm 100% honest. And that's that's nothing against like you guys being hyped on it. It's just I have zero interest in it. That's so weird for like a monster fan. Uh, I know, but, yeah, but it I was because guess... like King of Monsters I didn't like that much. Oh, this is way better than King of Monsters. I well, no, it's like it's like someone's going, "Hey, you you didn't like Skull Island and you didn't like King of Monsters. Now put those together, and you're not going to like that." I'm like, "Well, I don't like that math." That's yeah, that's true. You you weren't a fan of those ones, but yeah. I, I still think you should uh, give it a watch at some point because there there are some moments that I think you'll enjoy. But I think it's definitely not your type of kaiju movie. Like you like monsters attacking the city. Yeah, uh, this is monsters beating the piss out of each other, and like, do like, they do it, a great it, job? Oh my god, man! It's I think it's awesome. Like, I think the the fight sequences are hilarious and so much fun. He really did play it off like a WWE match. Like he, yeah, I, I listened to an interview with Adam Wingard, and he was describing Godzilla as the heel. <laughs> really? So like, yeah, he's he put in some work for it, but it like make no mistake, the movie is dumb as hell, uh, but it's enjoyable as hell too. Like I. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm going out to Jambies next weekend, and we're going to watch it on his projector so I can watch it again. I'm so... Oh, man, I loved it. Uh, okay, so that's you, a big seal of approval right there. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I really like it. Like, you, like, you know I wasn't crazy about those other Godzilla movies either. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of God, uh, Kong Skull Island, but... And that's the other thing, too, is that it's very much Kong's movie, so I think that might be something that will turn you off because you're not a big fan of Badonka Kong. Not really. He just, he's too much of a simp. And that's, that's just, God. that's real. You and Chris, and he, like, you know what? Yeah, he's a little bit of a simp, but there's a little bit of simp in all of us. I think right. we know that. So but, you feel like you can relate with the monkey man on that level? Oh, absolutely. I relate to the monkey man on so many different levels. Okay, so, so I just want to ask, when you're watching like a Kong movie, because we've actually been, I don't know if it's blessed or cursed with a couple in the last... I don't know, within our lifetime, right, that we've got to digest is 
what do you like from Kong that he's doing and not doing? In the way where, like, I like the classic idea of Kong going to New York, smashing shit up. I love that classic idea. But they've done so many different takes on that. You know, like the the, the Peter Jackson one or whatever. Like, what? Yeah. Which is which is your favorite version of Kong? Because this one sounds Skull. a lot different. Yeah, Skull Island is my favorite, just because I think it's ridiculous and crazy. Uh, so but you God's like the, kind of the, the idea of the original, where it's like the first half where they're just on the island. But that's like there's a lot of really cool things you're going to learn when you do if you eventually see Godzilla versus Kong oh, like sure, the movie. Yeah. It, yeah, it it opens up like way, way, way after both movies like these. These Titans have had time to age and like Kong's bigger than he was before. He's hairier. Oh, OK. And, uh, so he's yeah, kind of he turning is, like a silverback. He, totally. And right. man, like the, the visual effects are just like I'm that guy who like, yeah, I I love Marvel stuff. I love uh, superhero movies and stuff like that. But even I have trouble with some of the, the visual effect sequences because it's kind of like our friend Nicholas Humphrey said on a recent episode where it's like it's hard to care when everything is so artificial. But the yeah, thing is, your, your eyes have nothing, your eyes and body, like your mind have nothing to latch onto when you see just images, you know, like no, in that way. But that's what I think they did. Like, I don't know if it was just because I hadn't been in a movie theater in close to a year or if it was just that they really crushed it on the visual effects because like Godzilla especially looks so good. He looks so good. So and like, there's a moments. Heel, is he like looking real mean the whole time? So fucking mean, man. Mm. So mean. Like, we honestly thought that he was scary in this one. Like, there's a couple moments where he's creepy and that's what because. what you want out of him, right? Yeah. Like, you, you know, you see the scale of like how, how much both of these things could just destroy the world. But yeah, I had, I, I'm very curious to hear what you're going to eventually think of it. But mm-hmm. I think if you get uh, nice and doobied up, you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Last last time we talked with Alexis Olenek, like you still had some movies that you had on your list. So I, I think you you got a bunch to share today. Yeah. OK, what all I'm, I'm trying to remember just because I, I already finished listening to the episode. I can't go like. What did what else did I talk about? Because I know we talked about Saint Maud. I'm just trying to make sure I don't double talk to things this lit. Did I just, mention Bird Box last week? Uh, I think you did that a couple weeks ago, okay. or that might have been last week. But okay, I got that out of the way. Uh, Jurassic Park, Camp Cretaceous. I'm pretty sure I talked about. Yeah, you've been talking about those quite a bit. Okay, like, well, you I, talked I about finished that, on... that actually. I finished season both the seasons. Excellent show. If anybody wants to follow up on that, I know a couple people are interested. Uh, I checked out Unhinged. Yes. Okay. Fat Russell Crowe. Let's go. I, I, like I said, man, my favorite Russell Crowe is Fat Russell Crowe. Not that that has anything to do with him as an actor, but like, holy shit, this, this is a really good movie. And I think this is a great hidden gem, honestly. Like, I know it's going to get, it's going to get buried in a little bit, but it is such a cool revenge movie. And it didn't feel stupid. I felt like, because we've seen these kind of classic ideas, right? But I think this had such a, a fun way of doing it where you were really engaged with everyone the whole time. I don't know. I, I liked this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I know you said you really liked it as well. It's yeah. just something about this movie. It, it does such a good job of separating itself from like your typical action movie and kind of something that goes as far, let's say, as like a house of Jack built on extreme end. I'm talking about extremes. Yeah. And it kind of sits in the middle because there's, there's a lot more psychology and violence and blood and guts in this movie than you than you expect. Like, yeah. holy shit. But I I'm, guess what I'm, I'm and I'm sorry I use House of Jackville on one end, but I'm just saying that, like, it has more in common with that than it would a typical action revenge movie that you think your Russell Crowe would be in, maybe in his past when I guess I guess that would be his prime. Like, this is a new Russell Crowe and he is stepping into a really cool role and I love it. I want to watch yeah. it again. It's so good. I know, man. Me too. I, like, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I, that's a movie that I was excited for because of how ridiculous it looked. But then when I went, when I actually saw it, like, I was shocked by how much I liked it and how how layered it was in terms of him being just a completely, for lack of better words, unhinged serial killer. Like, he, it's a serial I, killer movie, yeah. basically. And and it makes no qualms about showing you that right off the bat. And I and I think that you're totally right. Is I, even when I saw the trailer, I remember being like, oh, that's you know, that looks pretty stupid. It's a it's stupid really, idea. It would be easy for it to go off the rails and not be good. And totally. I'm shocked. Like, the, I'm going to be talking about another movie today, too, that uh, I'm just, like, surprised by 
the reception that they've received. Like Unhinged, I think, has not gotten the the love that it deserves. Like I think like a lot of people are just writing it off as like a stupid movie. And yeah. I really don't think it is. Like I just think it's a really fun thriller horror. Like it's definitely heavy on the horror stuff, especially near the end. Yeah, it's, uh, and, but, and it kind of reminds me of something a little bit, honestly, like uh, you were never really here, something like that, you know? It's, yeah. It's kind of that middle of the... That'd be a really good comparison, because it's even extremely violent in the same way. I think this is a... Yeah, and just kind of to mirror everything you said, like, this is really this is really good, and I think it will get overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy you checked it out. Like, I saw you post about it on Instagram, and that had me excited, because I remember when, yeah, when the movie came out, we all shared, like, in the group chat, we shared the trailer, and we're kind of laughing about it. And then I remember yeah, yeah, getting out. It's, it, it is, it's such a goofy trailer, honestly. Well, it, and especially just seeing Russell Crowe look like such a unit. And, like, he really is just like Michael Myers in that movie at certain parts. Like, more, actually more like Jason. Like, it yeah, is and, and brutal. And just so calculated. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I really liked it. And I think people are kind of being a little hard on it. I think that movie's a blast, but it's just crazy. Are people being hard on it? I just oh, felt like yeah, maybe man. people weren't like going to see it was maybe the problem. Now, after talking to you, I can say that from pretty much every person that I know who has seen it, you and I are by far the most positive on it, <laughs> which is a shame. But which, yeah, you got, know what? That's... It's got an audience where we're, we are that audience. <laughs> I And I think the thing is, is that I've seen a lot worse, um, even stunts and special effects, like car scenes from a lot movies with way bigger budgets. This is this has some great. Like when the action hits in this, it does it so well yeah. too. So like definitely uh, a, a movie that deserves more credit. Yeah, it's on Netflix, uh, I believe, everywhere. So you can check yeah. it out whenever you want. That'd be a great fun time at the movies with your family. <laughs> oh no, I always recommend that one. To, I've been recommending it to my whole family, thinking that they'll love it. And uh, still, Mom, you're gonna love that. You remember Russell Crowe? He's killing everyone. He's yeah. mean as fuck. You're gonna love it, Mom. He's yeah. He is so American, like <laughs> true-blooded America. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great movie. All right. What what else you got? You want to share a couple more things? Sure. All right. So I checked out, and I can't remember if I talked about this one. So I'll go quick if I have. I checked out Hell House LLC. I can't. I don't think you did talk about it. No, I, I don't think, I, think I, I did. I think I'm mixing it up with seeing the stuff that you've posted on your your Instagram. Right. But that's another one that I like. I gave that one a super glowing review on the Terror Table a while ago. What did you think of it? And I know a lot of people have. And this is and this is a common theme. Is I've heard from a ton of people for you. I think way back in the day, even Dwight had mentioned this movie. And yeah. like that's like way way back. But it's just. It took took me a while, and I just decided I was finally going to watch it because that one's kicking around on Tubi, actually. So oh, wow. if, if you if you want to watch a great movie for free, and I'll just say right out of that, a great movie. Uh, there is something very I don't want to I don't want to overhype this movie, but there's something very special about this one. There's very it's it it captures a certain kind of vibe that that you can't. Um, I don't know that you can't naturally produce. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's one of the better found footage movies of the last decade for sure, and it's like actually scary. And there are and a I couple think... moments that scared the shit out of me, specifically me when the guy, I remember there's one scene where a guy wakes up in his bedroom and there's like a woman just sitting on his floor, and I'm like, yeah. oh man, like that is it sent chills down my spine when I saw that. And it, and it like when you read the the. Uh... The, the kind of the tagline of the story basis of it, it does kind of kind of sound silly that it's all these people working at uh, like a what would that be like a oh, a fun house kind of deal like yeah. a like a Halloween house like what I did. And it's just basically the place they go to do it is haunted. And it's just kind of what goes from there. And yeah, I want to say that not to not to overrate it again, but like we talk about certain movies like um Talk about Black Christmas, and I've always mentioned like the tunnel has a certain vibe to it. Like this is another movie I consider with that. I I think this movie's fantastic, and I think a lot of the best scenes just involve them using these areas and this this location that they have to make it so much more scary. And that's that's what you can do if you you know like it. It just kind of goes to show that you can do a lot if you know like what to look for with that because yeah. there's no there's no huge crazy shit that happens in this movie i'll be straight up but it, it's the the way it goes about doing what it does that is a very interesting movie. and i know there are two sequels to this i believe i haven't yeah. heard either of them you're gonna have to let me know what you think of those i don't want to tell you how i'm, I I'm think a little because... weary 
Yeah, not good. <laughs> I, I do feel like this this was very much like uh, two two a sequel, let alone two, is very much reaching. You know, yeah. I think this is a great contained little movie. So I think I know there there are some people I think who have really liked both like two and three. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I always get them mixed up because I know like the, the fan base is very divisive on those ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I think that I know I'm, I'm way late to the party. But yeah, I'll throw my hat in there that I think Hello's LLC is, is incredible. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to toss in a quick review for a video game I just started playing last night. So okay. uh, I spoke I spoke last week about Hellblade Senua Sacrifice. I've been playing because I just bought my very first uh balls out awesome computer so i have this like crazy game you're an computer. elite gamer now well i bought it for video editing but the thing is the thing is way overboard for just video editing like i can do other shit on here too like right. play games and like i i've never been that computer gamer guy like you know i was when i was 12 playing diablo 2 but um i got xbox game pass for this thing because how it works is for the first month it's one dollar and then i think it goes up to sixteen dollars um, but it gives you access to just tons of, of Xbox exclusive games. Um, so I played Hellblade on that. But I also started playing last night Blair Witch. So oh, the Blair okay. Witch yeah, video yeah. game that came out a couple years ago. How, how uh, old one, is that game now? Did I think that come out during quarantine or is that pre-quarantine? I think it might have been early 2019. I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, the game just you, it follows a man and his dog. They head into the Black Hills forest to search for a missing boy. And uh, it's, a, it's a really slow game to start and everything. I've, I've only played about an hour and a half, so I can't give it a fuller review today. But what I can say is that they, they do a really good job of like working in lore for the Blair Witch Project. So there's a lot of like like you, you find tapes on the road or on the path and you put them in your camcorder and you investigate them. And you can also pull out your camcorder and use the night vision. So it's like all those moments are really cool. It definitely feels like the Black, like the Black Hills Forest and uh, Blair Witch Project. So I think they did a really good job with that. The only thing is, it's one of the, I just don't know if I'm built for these types of games where you have to explore and find like really small, minor details to get to the next part. And I feel like this game has a ton of that. Like it's you're, a lot not, of you're not interested in that kind of busy work. Yeah, I don't know. I I personally like it could be just me sucking at the game, but it could also be that the the gameplay is a little clunky. Is I, no, the, no, the, and the, I think I think you're onto something there because I remember right when it came out, and even Tyler, my roommate, had gotten the game, and it was very very buggy. So I was wondering if that's my question. I was going to ask you after is if it felt like it was still buggy, or if they had worked that stuff out because they've had that, time. That would uh, that would explain my frustration at the current part I'm at. If if that's still happening, I actually wasn't aware of that. Yeah, uh, yeah there was, was a. Like, I don't know if you had this issue, but I, I heard a big glitch for it was your dog would disappear a lot. Or oh man, that happens all the time. Yeah, there you, <laughs> you go. So they yeah. didn't fix the fucking thing. Well, but no, but, but you can right. you can call them back and everything. But yeah, you use your dog to like sniff out certain parts of the the forest and like you find creepy bunkers i the atmosphere in the game is very very creepy so i do want to keep playing it i want to give it more of a shot uh but i just don't know if it's really pulling off what i what i wanted from it to pull off i guess so can i ask what kind is it if it's a spoiler or not what kind of danger are you in at all in this game or could you literally walk around with the flashlight off and be fine I'm well, that's the thing is I'm not far enough in it to get I think I'm on like chapter four or five in the game and the chapters move pretty quick. Yeah, so far, I haven't really come in contact with many of those like the the most I've experienced so far is you'll find uh, like the sticks hanging from a tree and it'll make your dog just go bonkers like he'll be freaking out because that thing is obviously he cursed. loves macrame sticks. Absolutely. Yeah, but <laughs> it you triggers you like, him. Yeah, you grab the sticks and you bust them up, and then that will that'll make like the high pitched sound that's like ringing in your dog's ears whenever he's around them. Like you destroy them, and inside you find a Polaroid, and all the Polaroids are different people standing in the corner. So that's cool. cool. Okay, yeah. got, so and that's you why I think all, all yeah. There are. <laughs> well, like you just gotta piece the puzzle together so that you can find this kid that went missing. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things too, where I'm sure, like I'm almost positive they would have pitched this for a Blair Witch sequel at some point. 
but I think it's really cool how the game opens up with a search party, like going into the forest. And I think that would have been a cool jumping off point for a sequel to have like, like throw in a fucking SWAT team getting stuck in the Black Hills so forest. You kind of you kind of want dog soldiers, but yes, but Black but Blair Witch. <laughs> but Blair Witch that's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is dog soldiers are like throwing a little bit of aliens. Um, but the thing is, like that that would require seeing too much, and that's just not what the game is or the story. Uh, I, but I, I think, think cool. I, I like where you're going with it. I think maybe the SWAT team was a little much, but I think that. that the idea for a movie of having a search party at the start yeah. getting lost. I think that's a great idea. And I think more movies should use ideas like that. Well, there's so many different things you could do with it too. So especially if you throw in like police officers. So like they all have body cams. So that, that could be, that would have opened so many more doors, right? Let's there. write it. Let's, Let's write do it. it. Yeah. If, if Wingard can get it done to us again, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get Eduardo's blessing. They'll throw uh, Jar Jar Binks in the movie for him. Uh, but yeah, that's... He's, Jar Jar Binks will be in the corner at the end. That'll be our <laughs> ending. Yeah, it'll be him standing. Misa, Jar Jar. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you just see it. They're walking through like the, the house at the end of like Wingard's Blair Witch where here like screaming and stuff like that. But you just hear Jar Jar screaming out in the distance. Misa, help! <laughs> oh my great. God. We're there's a, there's a star yeah there's a star wars blitter witch spinoff somewhere in there <laughs> awesome okay well yeah i only have one more but i want to hear more from you i know you got a bunch you have only one more holy shit i was not yeah, man. okay so my next one is sator i believe it's called sator or yes yeah i started this one i plan on finishing it but i've i've heard a lot of talk about this one what did you think I, I just want to say before I, I give it any, uh, you know, a true depth review of it, I want to say that Jordan Graham is like, did everything for this movie. He's like the writer, director, producer, editor, everything for this film. And because it does have like a little Wikipedia, which I was surprised because looking up what year it was made and just kind of looking into it. And it took this movie six years of post production to get out. Um, so I just want to say that, like, kudos to him for doing all of that because he was all over this. But yeah, it, it's um, it's a cool story. I like the idea a lot. Um, it, it uses trail cams and kind of what it's, it, it's what so is the idea? So basically, the idea is it's this family that's out together, living in this kind of remote cabin, and there's this thing called Sator out in the woods, and it's trying to lure the family out. So very cool idea. Um, it's got like a lot of folklore elements. It uses, it's really cool. It uses, um, trail cams within, within there. And it, it kind of uses the idea of older, um, equipment and having limited like Wi-Fi and stuff. So using kind of technology you haven't seen in a while, it uses that in a very cool way to kind of slow down time. I don't want to give too much away because it is very interesting. Um, the atmosphere is great. I think the, cinematography is really good for this it does have a lot of cool things going for it i just think that um the the characters aren't there and it just kind of that that's the big point of this film is it's a, a family trying to survive right but if you don't uh you know relate to the family or, or don't feel that they're a good representation of what a family is written as it, it really takes away from that i i think there's a ton of cool stuff in this it, it has a lot of great elements it's just yeah it kind of the the story the blocks itself are great it's just yeah the characters within it i just found to be the the dialogue was weird you know clunky and you just you really didn't care about a lot of these characters like i cared more about a dog that was in this movie more than anybody else which that happens a lot but usually yeah. i want to care more about the movie than that you know yeah. so so i there there's a lot of great things in this and i and i can see jordan graham going on to do a lot of great things i just think that this if this is, you know, his first thing, the, just the characters fell a little flat. Yeah. So, like, what what would you compare it to? Like, because when you look at the cover, it looks very similar to, like, the, the Wrong Turn 2021. Uh, mm. It looks like there's, like, kind of like a Wendigo character on the front. It is kind of similar. To, I would say something like, I think a good comparison to another film, and, and nothing against this one either, but another film where great idea that that didn't ha entirely have the the story together was the wretched i think this is yeah. a film that's a lot like the wretched where where we were expecting a lot out of it and it just you know it fell a little bit flat and and i think that 
that that could be a lot of elements speaking to it because I think there is an interesting story underneath this, but I, you know, uh, it just, it wasn't put together on screen the way you'd want to see it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, do you want to knock off another one? Sure. Uh, and this one is actually, Mitch, you'd called me right before we started and I was like, Hey, I got to go. I'm finishing up a movie here. So I, I'm, it's fresh in my mind. So I want to talk about it real quick is it's, and it was number 10, trending on netflix i checked out what lies below i've seen a lot of people talking about this yeah what'd you and think i i, oh I man. turned it off i i should have turned it off i didn't <laughs> i kept going i i want to say that there there was a couple cool i think the cinematography is really well done i think the the uh audio department did a great <laughs> job but this was a mess, and it it just it infuri- the the dialogue especially infuriated me. Yeah, and, that's why I t- I remember oh. I turned it off because I really don't like uh, Mina Suvari. Uh, who's was the, she the mom or the daughter? I can't remember, but because she's the one who's both an American the same Pie. Fucking age. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah, I noticed. Biggest that too. frustration: you have this girl, and you think, okay, this woman's in her twenties, you know maybe mid to late 20s kind of deal. And then she's calling this other lady mom and acting like she's, I think she's 17 and going off to college. It yeah. was it was too hard to believe. And then and there's... Mina Savari's like, she's got to be close to like 40. Um, but I don't know. Like I just don't think she's a good actor though. Like she she's Heather in um, American Pie and she's in American Beauty. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I've never really right. been a fan of hers. So this was probably just a paycheck. I can't see her dwelling in the horror genre a ton. Well, no, she she's on one of those uh, those lists of like ten celebrities who are now broke. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, I right. Saw she she showed up on one of those lists, and I think she like th- this is not related to horror at all. But like from yeah, this just gossip fucking column, barrier. <laughs> from, yeah, from this gossip column that I read, they're they're bringing up her multiple divorces and like how she apparently like her ex husbands have taken her for so much oh, money because like, she was That's, definitely like she was very she was an American Pie, American Beauty. Um, it's just funny that you keep yeah. It's just funny that you mentioned those and then thinking like shit those were a long time ago that money that money had to be gone by now she peaked at loser the the movie that featured teenage dirtbag by weedus i mean that's a good place to pee for sure yeah no i I did a homie listener friend of the show cody message you about this movie because he messaged me the other day about asking if i've seen it and uh and yeah, I know he watched it as well, but I didn't even know it was on Netflix right now. But yeah, I was uh, not into it. It just, I, where did you turn it off? Like, how far did you get in? Oh, honestly, actually, I think what happened was it was one of those ones where I just took a nap a half an hour in. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have one of right. those nice afternoon naps instead of watching the rest of this. And right. uh, I was planning on going back to finish it, but I'm like, life's too short. I, I'm going to watch the Snyder Cut again. <laughs> I don't I honestly I don't know what this movie's intention was and and this movie even had things that I like in it and I couldn't get on board it had tentacly things and you know there was a little bit of spookiness to it but it's just so misguided and strange and I think just I, I will mention just because Mitch you haven't seen the, the whole way through is this movie is once one of those movies that relies heavily on if you've seen other horror movies, you kind of know what's going to happen. So there are some scenes where it literally doesn't even bother to explain how people get to different places. It just goes the route of, well, you should know because you've seen a movie do this very similar thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's very much, um, as, a, as an example, it would be like if they're hiding behind something and there's a monster over here and they kind of look one way and then all of a sudden instead of running or anything they show up like at their house which is like two miles away so you're like oh did you run the whole thing you know it's stuff like that and i don't i know that you don't have to write in everything but it just it felt really annoying because the movie also was it was an hour and 20 and it and it felt like it could have been more like yeah and you know and it was just and and i mean that in a bad way it's like it just it kept going Okay. Yeah, yeah. So not not, not, not a going, not a fan of what lies below. That's and what it's I mean, called. Or what, I mean, if it's anything to what lies below, this is forty is somehow trending at number eight. And when did that? Didn't that movie come out like five years ago? 
Yeah, that's a bad movie, too. It is a bad... That's why I was like, why is this trending? <laughs> well, I think it's just, you know, when people see new stuff on Netflix or something that wasn't there before, and it's got, you know, they right. most people aren't aren't like us. That seems <laughs> like, like a movie that would be trending when lockdown was still happening. You know, like, oh, I yeah. guess we'll try and laugh at this again. Yeah, not a fan. Um, all right, I got one more, so I'll knock this one off, and then I'll just let you... I want you to get all of yours... All oh, of your bank stuff. This and then I'm done. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. Well, um, I'm going to talk about Honeydew. Uh, so this is a movie that it comes out on April 15th. So it comes out next week. This I've is the one. Looking it's, forward to this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's written and directed by, pardon my butchering of this person's name, Devaro Melbourne. I think Devaro is how you say it. Uh, but it's starring Sawyer Spielberg, which is Steven Spielberg's son, and Malin Barr. It follows a couple seeking shelter after being kicked off of a private property that they were camping at. And the young couple find shelter at an old farmhouse where a strange farmer and her sick son are basically just like expiring there is what it seems like. This is they're the guests in this house. So they're being fed strange foods in a strange environment surrounded by strange characters. And the movie lands somewhere somewhere between, in my opinion, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which a lot of people are saying uh, for obvious reasons, like the the film has that 1974 kind of grit and the the gross. And a little bit of the subject matter, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, the whole family dynamic. But it's somewhere between like if Charlie Kaufman made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so that's the guy who made like I'm thinking of ending things and Anomalisa. What the and so fuck? it's it's strange. Like it's those are the moments where those are the definite art house moments. The movie is, it leans pretty heavily into art house. I don't know. I think for fans of dark and the wicked, like you're those people who really enjoyed that movie are going to get something out of this one. I personally like honeydew more than dark and the wicked, but I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of dark and the wicked. I really like so that this movie. movie's really good. Then. I love it, man. I, if this is like, so I saw this preparing for the film festival and uh, we wanted to play it, but the press kit wasn't ready. I know it, it floored all of the, the programmers that I know personally. And I, we thought it was all like wicked and crazy, crazy cool. But judging by like, I, it's seemingly divisive online uh, now that it's starting to come out a little bit more. Like this is one that if I would have, if we would have played it, it would have been in my top five of the year. Right. Like I, I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's seemingly pretty divisive responses online, which doesn't surprise me, but the overwhelming negativity negativity that does shock me because I think this movie rules. Like I looked on IMDb and I think it's holding like a four point two, and I'm like, what is going on? So like I feel like there's got to be some malicious reasoning behind the one star ratings on IMDb because you like you could swear taint in the water and hole. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. It seems like people have a hate on for it or else they just really hated the movie. But like to me, when I watched it, like this is not one of those movies where like, I guess if you're really not a fan of like art house stuff like this, it's kind of already reminding me of like the release of Mother where viewer where a lot of viewers were either triggered by something in Mother from something grotesque that they saw, which is entirely possible. Uh, but the movie could have also just flown entirely over their heads, which I think happened with a lot of people in Mother. But and I, th- this movie is definitely not like I don't. It's weird to compare it to Mother because it's nothing like that. I, just in the way that it seems to be being received by audiences right now, it's it's surprising me. Like I was listening to a podcast out of L.A. and they were talking about it, and like both hosts were. were seemingly really not fans and i was like man did we see a completely different movie or what's going on here but so either way this is going to be one where i think it's either really going to excite you or it's going to do absolutely nothing for you and maybe infuriate you but i know like jonathan cuertes writer director of my heart can't beat unless you tell it to i believe he's friends with the filmmaker and but he became friends after seeing the movie i believe because yeah he he was a huge fan i think he gave it a five star on letterboxd and uh, yeah, I, I think it's awesome, man. Like, I think this movie's wicked. So I definitely highly recommend people seek it out when it comes out. Uh, I believe it's this Friday, April 15th. Um, so yeah, that's that's Dark and the Wicked. Or, sorry, Honeydew. <laughs> uh, but I do. I should also say, I like, obviously everyone knows I'm a big Spielberg fan, but I really like his son as an actor, too. I think he does Is a he great actually job. a solid actor? I think so. I think he's really good. And I think Malin Barr was very good as well. Uh, the characters. That's right. I, I have son, no. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bingo. I have no idea what you're gonna think of this one because I have yeah, to see it's, it. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it, you'll definitely, it'll get a reaction out of you, but it's, it's very weird and very gross. Like it's a very grimy, gross looking movie. Like it's obviously, it's really well shot, but like it just feels sticky. I don't know. I, I, and I think that's a, that's a compliment for a movie like this. Like we're talking about a horror movie. <laughs> so I think, I think it really works and I definitely recommend people checking it out. So once again, that is Honeydew. Cool. And yeah. I have one more before we can get on to our main feature. And this one is another Tubi exclusive. And I just want to say before I, I do this one is that I'm really over the course of time and over the course of this podcast, we've, we've really broadened our horizons and watched much different things than when we first started, obviously. And I have to say, I watched 1957's Attack of the Crab Monsters. Fantastic movie. Maybe a little bit too many shots of people running up and down things, which drags the length of this movie out way longer than it needs to be. But this is a very cool movie. I, I have to say straight up, this is a very cool movie. Okay, so Attack of the Crab Monsters. You found this one on Tubi? Yes, sir. And oh, it is it is a gem. They they built an entire crab that actually it moves around, it speaks, the the story behind this is really cool about the these uh crabs and they'll like assimilate people and it gets their brain powers and then they can like connect and talk to people through radios and stuff. It's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, the the poster looks really cool, just really pulpy. Yeah, and I, I think that that is definitely something since even when we did like our um, House of Wax, you know, our original yeah. when we watched Dracula, stuff like that, that all definitely climatized me to be more interested in these. And Tubi has a great, a great bin of older films like this. And I think this is actually one of the better ones on Tubi. And I'm not saying that just because I love crabs. I think this is genuinely just like a really fun movie. Yeah, it's uh, directed by Roger Corman as well. My so dude, Roger Corman. Yeah, is this the one where um, was it South Park who did that crab people? Yeah. I'm <laughs> is that I'm what this is sure from? This is based off of this. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it, it it looks it looks fun. So I'm happy you enjoyed it. I see the the crab monster effects look pretty wicked. They definitely, and that's something you can always get from Corman. He was yeah. all about it. And I just want to say that it might not be as good as the Joker, but it's definitely good. Get what you fucking deserve! What the fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> I promised Jeff that I would randomly throw in a Joker line at some point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, that was my first guess, is that Jeff messaged you. but Jeff put me to this. <laughs> All right, well, do you want to talk about our main feature, Excision? Yeah, let's, let's do it. do it. Dear God, my little sister is slowly dying. And my mom, as I'm sure you know, is a total bitch. Chew with your mouth closed. I'm planning on having premarital sex. I'd accept full responsibility for all my actions. But let's face it, you gave me hormones. Can you contract an STD from having sex with a dead person? Go to your room. I've got some old jump ropes. I don't think so. You are a very troubled little girl. I want to lose my virginity to you. <laughs> People like Natalie need to be punched in the face. Take off your clothes, Adam. Mr. Cooper, I think I'm going to be sick. Talk it out. It's not my fault I was born with a chemical imbalance. She's a menace, and it is impossible to love her. We are praying for a miracle. Some of your behavior has been downright sociopathic. I don't know a teenager who doesn't profile as a sociopath.
turning my life around. I realize it's not all about me anymore. And welcome to our main feature presentation in which we're going to be talking about Excision from 2012. Excision was written and directed by Richard Bates Jr. Some people like to call him Ricky Bates Jr. I've heard that thrown around online before. So, uh, But this is the filmmaker behind... I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe this was... Yeah, this was his first feature-length film. Uh, it came on 2012, and then after that, he followed it up with... Suburban Gothic in 2014, then 2016, we got Trash Fire, and in 2019, we got Tone Deaf. And he has a movie in, in development right now that is supposed to be coming out in 2021 called King Knight, uh, which stars Aubrey Plaza, Matthew Gray Goobler, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to be checking that one out because, yeah, this was my f second Ricky Bates Jr. film. I saw Trash Fire back in 2016 with Diego, actually at the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. And uh, I was I was a fan of that movie. Like, I thought it was pretty wild, very strange, very weird. And after watching Excision, I've realized that that is just his style. Richard Brates Jr., he's got a very unique, unique style to his films. But Boozy, this was a movie that you brought up to discuss on the show. Why is that? You know, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but someone had posted a couple stills from it. And I was flipping through it. I, I can't remember where it was. And I was like, these look really interesting. So I, I did a little digging. And I went and checked out um, on Letterboxd, which, which has been a really great place to go. If you want to know if, if uh, you want to check something out, I'm finding that just looking up even the scores on Letterboxd is better than uh, Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. Or IMDb. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah especially, so... especially since you can follow people who you actually care about their opinion. So like... I was able to see that there were some some people that I know that I personally trust their opinions who had seen Excision and gave it a positive review. So I was looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, and I like I never heard of this film, so I, I thought you know we we were kind of we weren't sure what we wanted to do next, so threw this out and yeah, and the, we're here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so what caught us was the synopsis. So Excision. It follows a disturbed and delusional high school student with aspirations of a career in medicine, uh, but that goes to extremes to earn her the approval of her controlling mother. Yeah, in the, the movie starring, we have Annalyn McCord, who plays the, the lead role as Pauline. We have Roger Bart, Ariel Winter, Tracy Lords, and then Jeremy Sumter, who if, if Kyle would have been on this episode, I'm sure he would have been the first to mention that Jeremy Sumter is the man who uh, played the title role in Peter Pan 2003. <laughs> he, was, he was also in, he plays, he plays young Adam in Frailty, a movie that I love. Oh, you rem Frailty. remember Peter Pan from 2003? No. Do you remember I, that movie? I have no, back it up, back it up. You're, you're showing what? And I do not recall that one at all. So I walked out of this movie. Um, it was in and you 2003. Don't walk out of many movies. No, but and granted, I was 13 years old. But this was back in the day when we'd go to Rainbow Cinemas, which is our theater that had two dollar movies. So I peace. spent a lot. Yeah, I spent a lot of time at Rainbow Cinemas, and I would go see everything there. Like I fucking I saw Zathura there. Um, I saw lots of. <laughs> I like that. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Go for. <laughs> well, yeah. It's always, it's the most memorable experiences. I saw House of Wax there, actually. Uh, the the Paris Hilton joint. But, yeah. So, uh, but the, the movie also, like, this thing has a pretty crazy secondary cast. Like, there's, we got some cameos, if you, if you will, if you want to call them that. You have John Waters playing the priest, which is just hilarious. Mm -hmm. you know, any, anything about John Waters, him playing a priest is so funny. And then you have Malcolm McDowell from like Clockwork Orange and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh, he plays Mr. Cooper, the teacher. And then you got Ray Weiss from Twin Peaks. Like it's he plays the principal. So you just look at those three things alone. Twin Peaks, Clockwork Orange and pretty much anything by John Waters. And you can kind of get an idea of where Richard Bates is, Richard Bates Jr.'s inspirations lie. And you see a lot of that in Excision. But with all that, let's just start talking about it. So what were your thoughts on Excision, Boozy? I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And as it slowly unraveled, I was kind of... This, this movie's definitely... It takes a while to, to get in gear. It definitely feels... 
it definitely takes feels itself out and takes its time developing your character because you spend time with such a complicated character you need so many relationships to feed off of that to yeah. to build this character and uh i guess i, I want to hear what you think but a uh, long story short is i actually really enjoyed this movie i think that this had a lot more depth and a lot more you know things to offer in terms of a story than I, I did not expect a lot of this movie, I guess, is what I'm going for. Is um it was it was it was a fun surprise. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh yeah, I can just get out of the way right now as well and say that I enjoyed it as well. Like this was a really cool find, uh movie that I'm happy that I finally seen now. I need to revisit Trash Fryer to know if I which one I enjoy more, but I do remember I really I really liked Trash Fryer just because it had like you could just tell that this guy's style is to create characters and performances that those those characters can live in, and uh, they have very memorable character arcs. Like you, yeah, you look yeah, at pretty you, much you... anything Paul anything Pauline goes through in this movie. She's such an interesting protagonist to follow, who obviously is evil. Like we 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 see that how emotionally disturbed she is and yeah, she's she has not an these... ideal main character to be in the shoes of no yeah you're following this this woman who has a psychosexual fantasies and she dreams of one day being a surgeon and everything about her is just very calculated and figured out like she knows exactly who she is and what she wants from her life and has no regard for anyone around her uh yeah, so she's it's a one sociopath of, like 100%. totally and she even mentions in this one, I think, I can't remember exactly where it happens, but they do bring up borderline personality disorder. And that's, that's a disorder that it's she so clear that she that has. Up. Yeah. She brings she for because sure she was talking that. about um, what she was going to get diagnosed with to get not kicked out of school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, this is just one of those really cool independent horror comedies. Like it's definitely leans more into the comedy than anything. But it's like it's got that dark, for lack of words, suburban gothic feel to it. And uh, that's the stuff that I really enjoyed about the movie. I really like the style and how you can see this guy's different influences, just like he wears them on his sleeve. And it definitely helps when you have characters like John Waters in your movie. It just made like the, the whole aesthetic of the film. It just makes a lot of sense. That well, yeah, and then are... there's these like these weird fever dreams, and you know they kind of enhance the story, but in the way complicate it because you're trying to figure out like distill the information you're given in a lot of these. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of a confusing film, like it, just because you have an unreliable narrator, you're you're following this person who has these delusions and this illness, and she uh, like there there's sequences. The movie opens up with just a very strange sequence where it, she's facing off with herself and it gets bloody and gory and grotesque. And that's something that kind of carries on throughout the rest of the movie. But there are little subtle hints towards other movies that I've seen. Like I, I if Kyle was going to be here, I was going to say that Jeremy Glazer ripped this movie off uh, the director of Under the Skin. Because like obviously, obviously, I don't actually think that, but that's a prime example of one of those things that I say to my co-host to get a rise out of them, and then people take my word as scripture for myself. Like, oh, that's what that's actually it, what Mitch, Mitch puts it on wax. I totally do. yeah, I, I would have said that to fuck with Kyle, but there are many sequences where you have uh, Pauline like crawling over a group of bodies and like in a, it's like a very art house aesthetic, black floor half naked people mm-hmm. and uh, tons of nipples it's, yeah it's, it's tons like of nipples sexual, in this one. but at a certain point also not i don't know there is something very uh it, it kind of is like a, a she's kind of discovering herself so there's there's like this weird sexual tension there's like violence kicked in there it, it feels like you're trying to figure out what she's going through as she does it just feels like you're watching these characters play through very unusual cer- situations and you know from following the movie how she thinks and the way that her brain works. And so it always makes it uneasy when other people are around her, especially seemingly normal people, like particularly Jeremy Sumter's character, the the jock that she convinces to sleep with her uh, because she, yeah, and she like has this fantasy of like she wants to be on her period when she's losing her virginity and it just shows that she has no she she really doesn't care about anyone's pleasure except for her own and she doesn't care about anyone's needs except for her own and everything that she does is calculated and 
yeah, it's just it's very strange, but uh, I really enjoyed it. That, that's very true, and it is fun watching her process the people around her because you're right, it is she is kind of in a weird way. I can't remember the main character's name. Do you remember Pauline? Pauline is very, I think, even someone mentioned in the movie, she is very toxic to everyone around her, and no one really tries to directly help her, so it is kind of watching her get revenge in a weird way but also in her mind you're watching what she's doing and especially at the climax and the end of the film here it makes sense you know because she's been preparing for a lot of it it's it's very cool i I don't think that a lot of movies like this come out and i think this one's really well done yeah yeah no it definitely is you can you can tell that it's a lower budget movie and that is Mm -hmm. not meant as disrespect it's if anything the opposite it's really cool seeing what they're able to pull off with such like, you know, just unique set pieces. And uh, obviously I think the main, the most important thing you can tell from Richard Bates Jr. is the, the tone and the atmosphere and interesting characters. Like that's what is really his thing is to put some really surreal, strange characters that we're not comfortable with. The the killing of the sacred deer kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you're putting these situations with these characters and it's like, a normal human's response would be this or that, but you know, you're you're with these characters who maybe the response is murder. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like all the other characters in the movie are so ever. It's like almost like everyone in the movie is sick in their own way, but we're focusing on hers because like Pauline's because she is just the most violent and grotesque, and she's having the most profound impact on everyone with her with her uh, different. Like the different things that she wants to get into, like surgery and uh, anything to do with blood, basically. Like she's very fascinated with the macabre. Just the the relationship with her and her mother is one of the most interesting things about the movie because you have to expect that like she's she's got to be some kind of um, like a fundamentalist Christian of some sort where you, you just this is the absolute worst daughter that a person like that can have. Oh, yeah, and pushing all the wrong buttons. Yeah, and the we see that come to head in the movie when, you know, you, you hear the parents fighting and discussing how she basically, she's unlovable, like they can't do anything with her. And uh, you see the really strange relationship that she has with her family, like you have her sister, her little sister is sick and dying. And you can just tell the whole movie that the parents wish it was the other way around. They wish it was the other daughter. And uh, that's something that we see fully come to a head at the end. And I think it makes for a really memorable ending. Oh, I I was not expecting that ending at all, and what a what a fun surprise! I think that was a a great way to end it. But I also do like the idea that throughout the film she is diagnosing either herself or other people, but it ends up being things that are relatable to her. Like you said, with like the BPD, um, the I believe she called somebody like a sociopath, which is like another thing. Um, she mentioned Munchausen, which is something it seems like she was starting to exert upon herself to. You know what I mean? To get out of things like she was stealing the epicac and everything. It was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She was basically doing that to herself and making mm-hmm. it look like her mom was doing doing it to her. Exactly. So it just yeah, makes she her was, even she more constantly diagnosed herself to try and get out of things. It was it was very it's very fun to watch somebody twist those gears. Yeah. Did we ever figure out like does she just have really bad acne or was that actually herpes that she got from those her dad herpes. saving her? Oh, yes. my God. Okay, so I was wondering if that was, like, actually how it happened. Uh, but that's, yeah, so, so gross and unfortunate. Well, uh, yeah, but and, that's, that's, and then it fits perfectly with the characters because you have a, a father who, for lack of, every time he tries to do something positive, it gets turned around on him. And like that, he said, like, he saved her life, but also now she has herpes. Yeah, so he, he had a cold sore in his mouth, and she was drowning in a pool, so he had to give her mouth-to-mouth, and then... Uh, basically, I think she just believed that it was acne. You know, teenagers, they they have acne. They got to deal with that. Her hygiene is absolutely disgusting in the movie. Like, I, I love seeing her in the environment of her classmates and you see just how different she is than everyone else. There's some really awesome moments. Like, one of the best lines in the movie, too, is can you still get an STD from fucking a dead person? <laughs> yeah, she yeah. Asks, yeah. Having sex with a dead person and everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then you have like, oh, what, what's his name? He's the guy from, he's in Matthew Gray Goobler. So he is famous, most famous for Criminal Minds. Uh, what an unfortunate so, last name. Yeah, yeah, it is. But the thing is, he's a, he's a really funny 
character and i think he offers a lot of levity to the movie and i know that he's one of the stars of suburban gothic as well and that's not one i believe it's on shutter so i want to watch suburban gothic after watching this and uh yeah it's just so so weird but i i just can't like it's so gross looking at her in those situations because she stands out like a sore thumb did you ever have I she does and it's it's so funny you have all these other characters who are all makeuped up and then it looks like her yeah. they just like stripped her down and then like hosed her with garbage or something. Yeah, I, it I looks do, like she bathed in garbage. I do have to ask Mitch when you were going to when you were in high school did you ever have those kids who thought it was cool to not ba- bathe that like oh that was a, a thing? I don't know if they thought it was cool to not bathe, but they just were never taught to bathe and how important it is. Oh, man, are you kidding me? Like, those people exist everywhere. Body odor is one of the most subtle forms of terrorism. Uh, (laughs) It it really is. I'm sorry for I'm sure that sounds wildly insensitive. We had one kid. I wasn't in a class with him. I was in a class with a couple people that were, but he tried to go a month without, like, taking a shower or anything, and I'm pretty sure he got sick. He he. Okay, so he thought it was a good idea to just not. It was a conscious decision to not shower yes. for a month. He was like, "I'm gonna do it for a month. See how long I can go without showering." And he so you like, just get a bunch of scabies and like no body idea. Sores. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very unfortunate. But yeah, hygiene is not at the top of the list for a lot of people, which is very very unfortunate. You know but what? Yeah. That's that's the important thing we took out of this is guys keep up on your your hygiene it's very important yeah and maybe don't tell someone to go down on you if you're on your period yeah that was a little i i kind of i when he was doing that i was like no my dude no <laughs> another one fallen <laughs> rest in peace but uh no but that i think that's obviously an important scene in the movie because it shows like her lack of empathy for mm-hmm. him like she she doesn't give a shit about this guy like she's just using him and uh she gets a kick out of it like she enjoys that he was her her blood was on his face and uh that's the character we're dealing with here so i just really like those like act out of fantasy honestly yeah yeah i don't i don't know it's just that i i do like these types of movies where they just give us really strange characters and we just kind of watch them work their way maneuver their way around in this other world that they're so clearly not not meant to be a part of so i think there's there's obviously a lot of themes of alienation and like understanding like where like trying to find yourself and where you belong in the world that sounds a lot more uh, hunky-dory and happy than what this movie is but i think that there's an under underlying layer uh that's i would would agree i think i think at the base level that's the the ideas we're dealing with there's definitely a lot more on top of that like yeah, Mitch was saying. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely one. So I don't know if uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it. God, that dog is cute. I'm sorry. You have two dogs in your the background of you, and one of them's looking at me right now. The one up against the wall. Oh, hi, Layla. That's Layla. <laughs> oh, hi, Layla. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's a wild movie. I, I'm like, are you curious to continue on with Richard Bates Jr.'s filmography? You know, that's the kind of one where I'm having a hard time with. I was never. Maybe I'll get crucified for that, but I was never like a huge like Twin Peaks guy, you know. It's just like I've I've seen some of it, and it just it never caught on for me. I I did like this movie a lot. How many I could more I could watch? Like I think this is kind of that thing where I could maybe watch two of these a year. So I'm sure I could yeah. get through his filmography. It would just take a while. You maybe... appreciate it, but it's not your. It's not necessarily your thing. It, exactly because I mean, as as much as I did like this movie, it. It's a hard, like, I can't imagine being like, yo, let's throw this on on a random Saturday. It's just, there's a lot going on in this movie. And it's dealing with a lot of heavier issues. But this is the, the, this is a prime example of the type of movie I had to ask John, because if it played, I wouldn't have seen it then. But I asked John from the film festival if they played this movie, but uh, I guess they didn't. But this is the type of movie that I like seeing at the festival. Like, I like seeing these types of movies with the crowd because you, you get reactions out of people who are... Uh, just dealing with very strange ideas on screen. And that's totally what seems to be his style. And I, I agree. It's fun to watch those in an audience where you're watching a movie that uh, pushes social norms. So yeah, yeah, you are going like, oh my God, what are they doing? 
Yeah, and I know I I did mention Twin Peaks earlier on, and I know you you said you've only checked out a few episodes or whatever, but the the Twin Peaks correlation is pretty thin. It it doesn't no, no, really it feel just, like it Twin. Just, it just has those kind of like those oddball characters. Is yeah, that's what I'm getting at, and those those off putting stories. This isn't your classic. Here's your good guys and your bad guys kind of deal. And yeah. I'm not saying that's all I like, but it's just sometimes everyone in a movie is so twisted in their own way that it's, you know, it's harder to stomach those movies all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's the one possible correlation I could have with uh, twin peaks that and Ray wise being in the film himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I definitely, you just see the influences of this t- style of cinema. And th- like, I, I have like I said, I haven't seen tone deaf. I haven't seen his latest movie, uh, but these are like I'm definitely interested to keep up with his work and check out his other stuff. I really want to watch Suburban Gothic now, just because I did really like Matthew Gray Goobler in the movie. Well, that's uh, you know, unless we start really fully discussing a bunch of different spoilers in the movie, which we've already sort of done. Uh, I this don't is feel one like that there's I think... a lot to discuss. You're right. There's not a lot to discuss for this, but I think no, it's more but... like those ones where like if people want to listen to this and then go watch it themselves, they'll find a movie that they probably haven't. See. Yeah, especially if you know that that's generally your style of uh, of horror film. Like this is definitely like it's another black comedy. I think we've done a couple of these recently, not even meaning the, like not even meaning to, but like the voices has some things in common with this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're generally into those kinds of dark, weird, uh, dark black comedies with some heavy horror, then this is one that you should definitely check out. But I don't really have anything else I would add on it. I think I think we cover it pretty good uh how are you feeling do you have anything you want to add no um i i think i think this is just kind of a fun little one-off if anyone listens to this and and does kind of like what we were talking about or what we were saying go check out the movie for sure it's a lot of fun and especially for somebody's first film i know it came out quite a while ago nine ten years but what a what a fun film um and i also just kind of want to take a moment to say uh thank you everyone for all the support with dr loomis um, I, I am deeply appreciative to every single person that was, um, you know, you can't really put it into words how, how much it means for people to just come out and, and be so supportive. Like, you know, it was yeah, wild. Let's, let's quickly share that here though, for the people who, do, who don't know. So can you just, uh, re-chronicle the situation? The, Walk the us through escape. It. Yeah. So I, I came home, um, and I stayed over at my girlfriend's. I came home and Loomis was missing. So kind of freaked out and I posted about him and people just started sharing right away and I laughed my ass off at that I'm sorry like I I felt bad that Loomis was gone but the way you put it you're like attention I have an APB out for my sweet fucking son yeah (laughs) I felt I I had to take the fucking out after because I was like oh strangers are you know and maybe that's just the way I word everything is I, I everything's so like uh what would the sarcastic to me like even i made like wanted posters for him and shit anyway um he ended up coming back after two nights out and then he instantly got very sick and was like dying in my house and my dog was like freaking out and whining at him so we ended up taking to emergency um and yeah basically he had to have surgery and we got all these wild quotes for all these bills so we were just like we don't have the money for it so we uh set up a gofundme a bunch of people are like hey that's what you because we were asking like oh what are we gonna do and we had a whole bunch of people be like hey just try a gofundme see if we can do anything so we threw that up on there and and it went super well and i'm just i'm deeply thankful for every single person that donated you helped us out so much and brought the little dude home yeah no he's doing good he's he's on the road to recovery looking cute as hell hell yeah yeah. i love that you know it's cool he's like He's got a couple shave spots now. He looks kind of rough. Like he's got all his IV points. So I'm yeah. thinking maybe if I just like shave a couple more spots on him just for fun. <laughs> no one's gonna know oh my the difference. God. If you got a bunch of money to save that cat and then you fucking shaved half of it, I don't know how people would respond. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I celebrate. I just shave half a cat. <laughs> yeah. Give him the little booties, like just for his paws, <laughs> just the paws, tail, and head. Those are the only things that aren't shaved. <laughs> yeah, so happy that uh, that that worked out, and it was it was really nice. Even my sister Tara, she texted me saying that like it was filling her heart by seeing so many Terror Table listeners donating and helping out. So that is amazing, and it's great to know that we have this community here. And yeah, you know, I, if, uh, internally grateful to every single person. And I 
I hope that and anyone who did um, uh, you'd reach out or anything, I tried to send everybody a personal thank you. It took I literally spent like eight hours like writing thank you letters to people. Yeah, you had a like there were some crazy anonymous uh, anonymous yeah, I, and donations. And that's the thing is I didn't I couldn't message some of those people. I did find out some of them though. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah, this was fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be back next week to talk more horror movies and always keep the conversation on horror at the terror table. Later, everyone. Have a great day, night, whatever. Good night. Good morning.